Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring Life, where we will be exploring the CIA declassified documents on the gateway process, and this is part three. So, if you haven't already, I would highly suggest starting at part one, just because I am going in order, and I'm leaving off at uh, number 23 on the absolute in perspective. So if you haven't already, um, go check that out. If not, let's get started. All right, so pretty much the absolute perspective is a helpful recap to how they're trying to explain what they have already explained. So again, um, when they refer to time dash space, this is an article from 1983 and a lot of scientists now use space slash time to refer to the physical uh, world in which you interact with your senses and then they refer to the inverse of that time slash space as the multiverse as the inverse in the sense that you aren't using your physical senses you are going inward to the quantum realm and they refer to the inverse as the absolute and so in this reference they refer to the hologram as information that we receive and that when our brains take it in it first is deduced through and processed through the left hemisphere, which sees things as binary, as yes, no, one, zero, and then our right hemisphere is more holistic and will try to um, go beyond the binary. And so the brain, a lot of people refer to it as the ego and the real self, and the ego is this automatic separator, this thing that um, tries to create understanding through judgment and completion and then the right hemisphere of the brain or the true self uh, looks at things more holistically and more um, in a way of connecting the dots in a way of understanding patterns seeing things abstractly and then together hopefully there is a unity and harmonious way of seeing things in which both sides can have a hemisync approach to life and recognize the duality in the world but also recognize the wholeness that even though there may be people who are more negatively oriented or people who are more positively oriented genuinely deep down at the essence everyone is one with each other and one with the creator and it's just a beautiful piece to see and that's just kind of my summarization and a little bit of commentary um in regards to what I've read, trying to piece it together. And again, they refer to the absolute like a very, very deep and still water. So like if you went out to the ocean and you just went very, very, very deep down and it's just really still, it's really quiet. They refer to that as the absolute or in modern terms, time splat, <laughs> splash is my very time slash space continuum. And then the tossing waves that are huge and really big and crashing very uh, violently on the shore as the space slash time continuum in the modern terms, or they say the other one, but I don't want to confuse you. Um, and yeah, so that's what they use for that. Then the next one is called uh, the From Big Bang to Taurus. So the next part is called Our Place and Time, and it builds off the previous one in which it refers to the whole entire universe as some sort of egg or torus, 
where matter um, comes from the white hole and then it goes into the black hole where it is absolved into the absolute or the source and pretty much what they're saying here is they believe that there is this sort of um, nucleus in which things are either moving towards or moving away in the universe and they're saying that since the torus is being simultaneously generated by matter in all the various phases of time um, then it reflects the development of the universe in the past present and future and since they all exist in the universe simultaneously then they believe that it would make sense that you could predict uh, the future and personally from my point of view I believe that there are probable futures, probable past, probable presence because of free will and there exists multiple potential parallel universes that play out that energy that people create because that energy I believe is intelligent and it's infinity and it goes somewhere um, specifically. I don't think it's just chaotic and random and then goes into uh, outer space forever for no reason. And so because of that, I think it is definitely possible to tap into probable futures, but I don't think they are completely 100% set and stone. I think up into a point, you can consider the most likely probable future by looking at the current present moment, because the current present moment is often dictated a lot by past conditionings and habits but it's not for sure for sure because there is always the ability for someone to change. And then the next one is the quality of consciousness. And this one's pretty cool. It talks about how when consciousness reaches a state of sophistication in which it can perceive itself, perceive its own hologram, the world outside, the world within, it reaches the point of self-cognition. And so this is, again, what a lot of people in different religions or outside of religion, spirituality, whatever, they refer this to as enlightenment, as waking up, as the great awakening, realizing that everything is just energy and we literally are creating our world. We're literally projecting what is within us is projected outside of us in some way, shape, or form. And we have lessons that we are trying to learn here. We have a specific purpose, a specific reason that this is all part of our evolutionary growth and that we are literally in a projected hologram in which things outside of us are malleable to our energy that is within us. And once you get to that point, then you have reached self-cognition, which allows you to start being more conscientious of what you create by your thoughts, by your actions, by your conditionings, your old habits, and it helps you retain and focus on your conscious creation more than just being a product of your past by allowing your body to rule you instead of you as the awareness rule yourself. Because your body is a lot like a computer. If you are not aware of it and you are not constantly cultivating awareness through journaling, meditating, working on yourself, working on improving who you are, then your body will quite literally go on autopilot in the sense that what you have taught it, what you have been trained, it will repeat those trained uh, outputs. Those inputs will become outputs. The subconscious mind acts a lot like 
um, the seat of habit. So it focuses on the habits that you have already trained it. And so until you become very conscious that you are quite literally living out certain habits every single day and you need to become the awareness behind your body, become the awareness behind how your mind operates and works, you will continually unconsciously go back into a routine, go back into conditionings, go back into the way that things were. And so self-cognition is the realization that you are more than your body. You are more than your mind. You are the awareness. You are the energetic consciousness that is able to control your body and your mind when you choose to. So that's just my two cents on the quality of consciousness and what it was trying to explain. The next one is called consciousness in perspective. And so this next one starts out with having a certain that human consciousness is able to separate from physical reality and interact with other intelligence and other dimensions within the universe and that it is both eternal and destined for ultimate return to the absolute. We are faced with the question, so what happens then? And it goes on to explain that overall your experiences in life are part of who you are and that you have had um, multiple experiences and going off of this this is personal to me but I believe that um, if you look into the evolutionary perspective if we are supposed to have the most experiences if we are supposed to grow the most if we are supposed to have experiences teaching us unity teaching us um, the fruits of the spirit teaching us uh, all these wonderful things in life then realistically it makes sense that we would be in a position to experience as much as possible so could you experience life as a rock as a plant as an animal as an amoeba as an elephant a dolphin and could you have experienced many lives as a human or many lives as a higher uh, ethereal entity and i think if that is the purpose and the goal of life is to gain all these experiences and learn oneness with the creator and learn to have a personal relationship that is filled with love for one another and for the creator then it would make sense to be able to retain this information and to be able to um, keep it somewhere safe and so a lot of uh, different spiritual traditions believe that you are a multi-dimensional soul in the sense that your personal experience right now is a perspective it is a your consciousness localized and focused on a specific uh, situation in which you are present and overall your overall soul has experienced a rock or a plant an animal elephant dolphin many human lives with different personalities but they're all still part of who you are and you are experiencing that one fragment that one personality but you are so much more than your beliefs your thoughts your emotions your personality you are literally a multi-dimensional soul able to experience so much more and so even though we are focused on just this one aspect of life we have experienced so much which is almost like stored in a bank a vault of incredibly useful information and some people believe that eventually when you do make it back to god um, all that information just disappears and you just dissolve and you become nothing. Personally, I don't think that's the case and I think everyone has a right to believe what they want to believe, but especially because I've um, read 
a lot of channeled books that refer to higher density entities, they even say they have no idea what happens after the eighth density, the eighth octave of life, that they could only assume it's absolutely amazing because in their words, you return to source, you go back to source. And some people believe you lose your individuality, some people believe you retain your individuality, you just are embracing a whole new level of perspective wholeness, um, understanding creation. Some people believe that you are literally taught to create. Some people believe that you literally just bask in the infinite creator's oneness. I mean, who knows? (laughs) That's the thing is that we can only assume. But based off of the knowledge of our lives, that life is revolving around this oneness, this unity, this love, I think it would make sense to retain the ability to love, retain the ability of all these wonderful memories, all these wonderful moments in life. And why would we cease to exist? Like, why would we just disappear into nothingness and then just forget everything? I don't think that would be very conducive in a relationship, nor would I think it would be helpful or beautiful to just kind of disappear and dissolve into nothing. And so even though they believe that In their words, they write about how you lose free will. Again, this is their uh, specific opinion. Obviously, they do not know for sure. And all this information is just really to make you think. It's It's not set in stone. Yes, there's a lot of scientific principles and those scientific principles have validity. But when it has to talk about the absolute and merging with source, no one knows for sure what happens. No one can say absolutely sure what they know because truly it it's not known and that's even like and who are they to say that this is 100% true when people don't even know for sure what's going to happen after they die after this density after this life so to me I think that's still an open book and I'm definitely a lot more optimistic that you do retain your free will that you do continue to have wonderful relationships with people you love with the infinite creator and you continue to make a difference in the world or the universe or the parallel universes or just whatever else is out there but yeah that's my two cents on it and the next one is called the gateway method and also before i continue on i just want to say i read something very very helpful from someone a very long time ago when i started my spiritual awakening journey towards um self-realization self-cognition and his name's adia shanti and he talked about how never abdicate your authority. So abdicating authority means that you completely 100% put your trust in someone or something because um, you just do it. I don't know. And so it's like even reading these uh, mini documents, it's really, really important to realize that people do not fully know that this is their idea. These are their ideas of what they think. And it's really important for you to consider what resonates with your heart, what resonates with your soul, and if it's helpful for your journey, then great, take it. But if it's not helpful and it doesn't resonate with you or it doesn't make sense, there's no reason to just blindly accept it, blindly trust it, and assume it's right. And that's why you have this wonderful brain to be able to discern information and determine if it's helpful for your journey or not. And that's why I also like to share my summary and kind of summarize the points because then I can also kind of share my two cents of like, oh yeah, like this from a quantum level makes sense or oh no, this doesn't really 
make sense. Like this is from a 1983 document and a lot of labels have changed. Our perception has changed from this time. And so it's like, I'm trying to share with you that we are in a state of learning and growth and to never abdicate your authority to one person because there's a good chance that they don't know everything. The next one is called the gateway method. And this one focuses on the different techniques used to enable the user to manipulate the high energy states, which can be achieved if the user works on these um, particular techniques over a period of time. So depending on the sensitivity of his nervous system or her nervous system or the general state of mind and to the extent to which they practice a disciplined uh, transcendental meditation period uh, and how many times they do that throughout the day, this process will help them to coherently and harmoniously match the vibrations of the earth allowing for a much better resonant tuning and which will allow them to have a much better synchronization between the left and right hemisphere and then 29 hemisync introduced so this also is talking about calming the left hemisphere of the mind while raising the right hemisphere to a state of heightened attentiveness and interestingly enough it talks about dwelling on these energy balloon understanding of how they view the universe as a huge uh, Taurus-like egg. Um, so they focus on that within their hemisync introductions and their tapes, and this supposedly helps them with out-of-body experiences, but they say that there needs to be precaution because depending on the vibration of the person who is doing this, if they have a low vibration, then there is the potential for them to run into other low vibrational um, consciousness. So this whole hemisync introduction and these tapes are designed to provide, in their words, protection against conscious entities possessing lower energy levels, which the participant might encounter in the event that he achieves an out-of-body state. So um, that is something to consider if there are out-of-body states where someone can project their consciousness outside, then if they are energy and their energy is mainly negative, then there's definitely a high chance that they will attract negative entities, negative energy, negative consciousness, whatever it is. So I guess the tapes, um, according to their words, are meant to protect them against that, which is very interesting. And next one is called the advanced techniques, and this is number 30. And this is pretty much just acknowledging that once someone reaches this level um, where they're able to have these out-of-body experiences and their whole system is harmonious to the planetary vibration and so forth, then they are ready to actually have an expanded awareness which will be able to interact with dimensions beyond those associated with the physical reality that they uh, interact with with their senses. So, for example, when you see, touch, hear, smell, that's the physical reality. But when you are able to enter into these meditative experiences where you go beyond physical reality and then you're able to go into these dimensions and interact with them, then you are considered Focus 10 according to these documents. And then within Focus 10, there is A, problem solving, which this technique involves identifying fundamental problems which the individual wishes to see solved filling his expanded awareness with his perception of these problems and then projecting them out into the universe. In this way, the individual enlists the assistance of what Monroe Institute calls his higher self, in other words, his expanded consciousness to interact with the universal hologram, 
to obtain the information required to solve the problem. So the problem that the person might want to have solved could be personal difficulties, technical problems in the realm of physics, mathematics, etc. But regardless, it is the person attempting to contact the higher self in order to solve problems. Personally, for me, I started to do this unknowingly, according to the Monroe Institute, just on my own. Uh, I was getting in contact with my higher self for problem solving. And let me tell you that the meditations around meeting your higher self have been absolutely life-changing. I can't even fully describe it, but instant, uh, specific, helpful information on exactly what I should do and what I am supposed to do, part of my mission, part of my calling in this third dimensional reality. And it's interesting because I know that this is from my higher self and it's not from me because it's almost coming from places where it's like, Either I've seen a little bit of it in my childhood and I just dismissed it or I just never really focused on it. Like I never really thought I had a passion for it. But for example, I came across Brian Weiss, I believe, W-E-I-S-S and his past life regression on YouTube and I tried it and interestingly enough, the first memory that I went to that my, I guess, subconscious took me to was... (laughs) when I was like around four or five years old and I was in my room and I was rapping, but I didn't really know what words I was rapping. I was just like, just rapping. And I think some of it was just kind of like mumbled random sounds that just sounded good, but like I had a good beat and like, I loved doing it and it was really fun. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I had a good little beat going on as little Kylie and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then after the past life regression, uh, Brian took us to our higher self, and I got the same message I got before in another meditation with uh, my higher self, where it was like, part of my mission, part of my calling is uh, producing slam poetry, having to do with justice, equal rights, racism, homophobia, misogyny, xenophobia, all these different issues, and I was just like, wait, but... I'm passionate about acting like this is so random to me like what and I kind of like push it off push it off push it off but then finally I'm finally starting to write them down and I'm literally shocked like I'll read it and I'll be like where did this come from like what like these are so powerful and like every time I read it it's like emotions just surging through me like I can't even explain it And so it's definitely a very humbling experience to be able to go into a meditation in which you are able to come in with questions, come in with what do I do, you know, this question, that question, or in this uh, particular scenario, answering part of my calling, part of my mission of why I'm here. And yeah, so I think that was really cool. And that was just a personal experience. But moving on, the next one is called patterning. And this technique involves use of the consciousness to achieve desired objectives in the physical, emotional, or intellectual sphere. So pretty much in short, your inner reality creates your outer reality. Based on your thoughts and those patterns within your thoughts, you generate by your consciousness you bring forward something that can be realized, that can be actualized. And 
because everything is in this hologram of energy, everything is energy interacting with energy, eventually this universal hologram brings about the desired objective if enough energy and focus is put behind it. In the documents, it seems like they have not put a limit at what you can actualize. They probably never touched on it for personal reasons, but they did mention that the farther away your thoughts of what you're trying to actualize depart from actual current reality, the more time the universal hologram will need to reorient or our reality sphere to accommodate our desires. And so the Monroe trainers were cautioned against attempting to force the pace of this process because the individual could succeed in dislocating his existing reality with drastic consequences. So that's all I have for tonight, just because this is getting pretty long. Um, we'll carry on for another part, but thank you guys again so much for listening. It makes me so happy being able to share this information with you. Hopefully, I'm able to make it make a little more sense from a summary point of view and being able to share some experiences and some insight, just because I know that I would really appreciate that if I was just diving into it and remember you guys are amazing you're perfect just the way you are i love you and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or night depending on what it is yo this is five-year-old little kylie she loves to rhyme because it makes a smiley she's a tiny little whiny liney little crying baby baby she don't care about nothing else but rhyming because she's a little rapper and she loves to stammer and she go over there living and going in the gramming but her grandma said no so she's going inside and playing with the little things on side that's how i would envision myself rhyming <laughs> if I was five years old like literally that's what I would do like inside of my little meditation that's what I saw was like rap that made sense and then all of a sudden blah, 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 blah. so all right I'm gonna leave now but I love you guys and I hope you have a wonderful day or night love you